0: Welcome to Just Us and God. This is Ellen speaking, and today I'm excited to share a teaching on taking your thoughts captive. This is a teaching that the Lord has been developing in me over a number of years. Because the teaching is involved, I've published a PDF that's essentially of the transcript of the teaching on my website. So you'll find it on. The resource page the website is called justusandgod.com and it's available there free of charge and you're very welcome to share it as much as you like now before we start there's something i want to address and that is where our heart intention is because we really need our heart intention to come from a space where we are willing to submit to and work with God as He shapes us. If we're not willing to submit to God, then we're double minded. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Purify your hearts, you double minded. If we are double minded, it will be very difficult for us to take our thoughts captive. There's some scripture I'd like to share. The first is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It reads like this, and all of the scripture in this teaching is from the New King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Taking our thoughts captive is not an optional extra. It's not something for someone else more spiritual than us to do. The Bible tells us all to be transformed by the renewing of our God of our mind, sorry, and relates this to becoming more acceptable to God. But above all, in allowing our, our mind to be renewed, we bring glory to God. Second scripture I want to share at the moment is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 6, and that reads like this For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is. Is fulfilled. The scripture reveals to us that our warfare is waged in our minds as we bring our thoughts captive to the spirit of Christ who dwells in us if we believe on Jesus and who guides us as to what is good and what is true. Let those who have ears to hear hear this. So I'm going to share with you some things that you can do to take your thoughts captive. First I want to share why you'd want to do that and then I'd like to address some of the issues that might come up for you as you listen to this teaching. Why do it? The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. And that's a pretty pretty specific instruction. Compared with 2000 years ago, we live busy lives and our minds are bombarded with information. What we're exposed to is often at odds with what our Lord intends for us and as a result many of us grow up believing it's normal to have thoughts tumbling through our mind all day and night and that it's something we can't change. It might be common but it isn't us at our best and it is something that we can change. It's widely recognised now that our thoughts are a precursor to our attitudes, broad perspectives on life, emotions and behaviours So if we can take our thoughts captive, we can live life more deliberately, positively and powerfully. It is God who shapes us ultimately and who transforms our minds, but we have options in how we respond. We might rebel, we might be complacent, or we may choose to actively collaborate with God through the workings of his Holy Spirit. Taking our thoughts captive is something we can do to actively collaborate with God. It can also act as a protective measure. During the time that Jesus was actively reeling me in, I used some simple techniques to quiet my mind. I'd had depression for 16 years and I was told I'd be on Prozac for life. I'd just left a very dysfunctional marriage and I was able to limit contact with abusive family members. My lifestyle, which had been unhealthy, Became healthy. My life was stable, but I was still dealing frequently with friction with my child's father, and I had monkey mind. My mind, like so many others, was constantly subject to a torrent of unhelpful thoughts. Things changed dramatically after I learned how to take my thoughts captive. I no longer worried about past and future scenarios, playing them over in my mind like I had before. I was able to go off Prozac and I haven't needed it since. This was more than eight years ago. I was even able to assert my needs in a compassionate way instead of contributing to the escalation of arguments. But the best dividend of all is that it gave me the mental space to eventually start to discern God's voice. I'd like to address some issues that might come up for you as you listen to this teaching. I'm a little wary of anything labelled mindfulness because some practices touted as mindfulness are related to the occult. As Christians, we can shy away from some things just in case or because someone said to, but I'd rather explore with careful discernment. No one is going to answer on my behalf or yours on Judgment Day just want to share a scripture here. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 13 to 16 and it reads like this, these things we also speak not in the words in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We develop discernment by reading the Bible for ourselves, receiving from the Holy Spirit, and actively practicing discernment in the decisions that we make. This requires exposing ourselves to new information and experiences and actively taking responsibility. I advocate practicing discernment with caution, not completely copping out of practicing discernment at all. Now I'm talking about this stuff because some of the techniques I'm sharing today can be classified as mindfulness techniques. However, with due consideration for the dire consequences of leading other people astray, I am confident in sharing these techniques and I do not consider them to be occult in nature. I believe that next only to accepting Jesus, following him through the leading of his Holy Spirit and sharing the gospel, learning to take our thoughts captive is the greatest thing we can do for ourselves and others. To begin with, These exercises may seem very difficult, they may be easier for some people than others. As you persist it will become easier. Be kind to yourself, evict self-doubt and subdue impatience, it is worth it I promise. These steps are not meant to be completed all at once. Do make a daily practice of whichever exercise you're working on, even hourly if possible. They're short exercises that can be done anywhere and you're essentially breaking unhelpful habits and replacing them with helpful habits. So it may be many weeks before you start to notice lasting results in between the exercises. Consider setting yourself alarms, putting up posters as a reminder and enlisting the support of loved ones to stay the course. Maybe someone you live with or work with will give this a go as well. See it as a workout for your mind. So that leads us into the steps. Step one consists of four points that I want to cover that are really important um, when it comes to preparing for the subsequent exercises. Point one, if you are subject to abusive relationships, the next steps might be more difficult for you you probably find your mind playing abusive comments over and over like a broken record many christians think that being polite or faithful to people is spiritual not necessarily we live from a place of love but our faithfulness is to jesus and we're told not to be pleasers of men galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says for do i now persuade men or god or do i seek to please men for if i still pleased men I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Pray for guidance about any abusive relationships you may be in. Or get a counsellor. For me personally, cutting them out of my life has been part of my journey from depression to thriving. Point two, get unplugged. I've rarely kept a television in my house, so I have to be deliberate about watching videos and so on. My children's screen time is very limited. Um, That's one to two hours a week for my 10-year-old son. And that's not always easy to do. So just do the best you can and don't buy into guilt. Consider your other devices, and especially your mobile phone, switch it off at night. Do whatever it takes to minimalize noise, except for worship music, perhaps and distractions in your life our lives are the Lord's Romans chapter 14 verse 8 says so then whether we live or whether we die we are the Lord's he paid for our lives with his own life to set us free from bondages like this we need to be diligently living our lives for him how we use our time will reveal how well we're doing with that point three This is a good time to remind folks that Jesus showed us in the Beatitudes that our thought life is very important. To hate is to murder. To lust is to commit adultery. Just read Matthew chapter 5. Don't look at and listen to things that provoke you to sin in your thought life. I'm going to say that again. Don't look at and listen to things that provoke you to sin in your thought life. You're just setting things against yourself then. Pornography, violence, fearmongering news stories and so on. Just don't do it. If you do, you may be wasting your time here. I'm not saying give up completely. I'm saying ask God for help and do your best. It goes without saying that we shouldn't be sinning and we must repent if we do slip up. There's always forgiveness in Christ. Point four forgiveness and repentance, I'm going to share a story. There's someone in my life who doesn't tend to fulfill their responsibilities. Because of the nature of how they are related to me, there's nothing I can do about it. And the way they behave would impact my family significantly if it wasn't for the fact that God is my father, my provider, my protector, and so on. So this person let sleep accidentally that they had committed a huge injustice against my family. For a couple of hours, I stewed and stewed on it. I was angry and frustrated Sorry, frustrated, and, oh, the injustice. And then finally and suddenly, the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and reminded me to forgive them, and I did, and immediately the sting was taken out of the situation, and I had peace again. We can have similar experiences when we've done something wrong, I think as children, most of us have had the experience of our heart pounding, cheeks red, wondering if anyone knows what we did. Can they tell that we're guilty by looking at us? It's literally a space of insanity. Until we repent or forgive someone, we can find ourselves in a space that feels like purgatory, where our own sense of guilt or resentment eats at us, and we can find no peace of mind. The solution, obviously is repentance or forgiveness, sometimes both. God gives us those as gifts to set us free. Receiving them and giving them are both freeing actions we can choose any time and should do. So make good use of these gifts as you work through the following exercises to keep your mind free of unwanted rubbish. So that brings us to step two, which is short and sweet. Start to notice your thoughts. Step outside and become the observer. Simple as that. Just take notice of what's going on in your head for at least a few days. I can't make it any easier for the, than that, unfortunately. It's a matter of just trying it out. I guess it speaks of a, a level of detachment in a way and imagining that you're someone looking in from the outside. Step three, how do you interact with your thoughts? Notice how you might enter into dialogue with your thoughts or follow one thought down a winding road, so to speak. How do your thoughts impact you? What sort of thoughts are you having? You could make a note, maybe start a journal. Give yourself at least a few days on this exercise. It's important not to move on too quickly from one step to the next. Step four, So we know that we're in a war zone. Start to notice which thoughts are from your enemy, which are truly yours, and which are from your greatest ally. You could journal around this again, or just divide a piece of paper into three sections and keep a note. You might also like to find scripture to declare in Jesus' name to combat um, um, any of those thoughts that are unwanted. Again, give yourself a few days at least on that one. Step five, continue to observe your thoughts and now try to stop engaging with them. Don't carry out dialogue in your head. Don't follow thoughts as they lead you down rabbit holes. Don't engage in worrying or playing over scenarios or past and future conversations. Don't allow sinful thoughts. This can seem really difficult to begin with. You can use Jesus' name to silence specific thoughts. For example, anxiety, be silenced in Jesus' name. Go now in Jesus' name. And they'll be persistent like naughty little children. And just like with naughty little children, you just need to be more persistent. Thoughts like these are easier to stop before they build momentum. And that means that it's often easier to stop them when we first wake up than it is later in the day. As you do this, beware of sneaky thoughts that come up at a different level, so to speak. For example, commentating on what you're doing in these exercises. Thoughts can be sneaky. Treat them just the same as any unwanted thoughts. If you give them airtime, you're going to make things harder on yourself. Remember, the scripture says to take every thought captive. That brings us to step six. So around now, you can start to use a focusing exercise. I'm going to share five exercises that I believe are spiritually safe. You can probably find more online, but again, I encourage you to use discernment. While you are doing these exercises, you are literally just practicing quieting your mind, taking your thoughts captive. You should not be trying to have some kind of supernatural experience. We're not after signs and wonders. But it is more likely, once your mind is decluttered, that you may have a supernatural experience. It may be a positive one or it may not be. If you have a God experience, congratulations. But still use your discernment. It's easy to be deceived. You can pray protective prayers before you do this. But again, use your discernment. If you have um, a troubling experience, um, stop what you're doing immediately spend some time in the bible and pray protection over yourself plead the covering of the blood of jesus and make sure that you're only doing these exercises when you're in a fairly positive mind frame so the first of these five exercises will be to just select an item it might be a candle flame that was my favorite or a flower, or any object, a cup, part of a chair, a pen, a door handle. And yes, most of these exercises can be done anywhere, even on the toilet. Look at the item and train your mind on it, pushing away or silencing any thoughts that you notice, even thoughts that are commentating on the experience or describing the object. Just do this for as long as you're comfortable to. See if you can increase the duration of the exercise over time. You're literally trying to focus your thoughts by looking at a specific thing. In exercise two, you're going to keep your mind empty of thoughts while you breathe slowly and count with each breath. If a thought creeps in, you start again at one. If you get to 10, you're doing exceptionally well. So don't be discouraged if you only make it to two or three to begin with. Exercise three was an exercise that was shared with me by a friend who has a very busy mind. And it's to read the Bible, repeating each phrase for memory after you read it. The only thing is that this doesn't leave a gap in your thoughts, which is what we're after because it allows us to think more clearly and deliberately to choose our thoughts, to reflect on our thoughts as we go, and it allows us to hear God's whispers more clearly. Exercise four is to choose a memory verse, recite it a few times in your mind, and then let your thoughts subside. If you notice intrusive thoughts, recite it once more and then allow silence again and keep repeating this. Exercise five. Is just to focus on whatever you happen to be doing, even if that's dealing with your kids uh and exclude all unrelated thoughts, so again, it's just focusing your mind on what you're doing. Colossians chapter three verse twenty three says Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. so that's really that word heartily makes me think of doing something very consciously, deliberately. And with a positive mind frame, even celebrating our relationship with God. That brings us to step seven. Hopefully by now you'll be noticing tiny gaps in your thoughts. If not, continue practicing with the previous steps. You can stretch these gaps in your thoughts wider by sheer willpower. It's only difficult because it's like a muscle that's never been used. Practice will make it easier. Remember to kick out any thoughts that sneak in in the form of a commentary. As you grow the gaps larger, just enjoy the silence. You could ask the Holy Spirit to just raise your awareness of his presence and practice until this becomes easier. And now is a good time to celebrate how far you've come from a busy mind to taking your thoughts captive. Step eight is to continue to practice taking your thoughts captive but now it's time to up the challenge. Start to observe your thoughts while you're talking with someone even just for a very short time to begin with. Don't forget to be actively listening to the person you're in dialogue with. It's going to be tricky. This is the reason so many of us find it difficult to truly listen to the person who's talking. Give yourself at least a few opportunities to just observe in conversations like this before you move on to the next step. In step nine, you're going to control or subdue your thoughts while you're in conversation with another person. Not easy. You're noticing thoughts, evicting thoughts, stretching gaps and concentrating on the person speaking all at once. With practice, What we're aiming for is a situation where you are so in control of your mind that you can truly focus on the other person and what they're communicating to you without focusing much at all on what's going on in your own mind, paradoxically. That brings us to step 10. There's a scripture that I want to read that applies to step 10. And it's 1 John chapter 4 verses 1 to 3, and it reads like this, Beloved, So once you're taking your thoughts captive, it's a good time to ask God for the gift of prophecy. I think it's in Corinthians that Paul um, says that he'd, he'd love us all to speak in tongues, but even more than that, he'd love that we all had the gift of prophecy. Ask God to minister to you through your conscious thoughts. Remember to test the spirit. I always demand that he starts with, Jesus came in the flesh. I don't allow any kind of creative workarounds because it's far too easy to be deceived. Having said that, I only learned to do that about, I don't know, at least six months after I became Christian. And God meets us where we are. Even when I demand that the spirit is confirmed in that way, I still keep my discernment switched on. And I can stop in the middle of a so-called conversation with the Lord and demand that the Spirit is confirmed again. In time, you might even be able to have God minister to you in the middle of conversations with other people. As a final note, it's so important to be reading our Bibles daily if possible. Even when we are hearing God clearly, the Bible still has a very important role to play in our spiritual development, our character development, and as one of the main ways that the Lord ministers to us, invite God to lead you to scripture each day. God will speak to you through his living word to wash you and build you up, transforming your mind from glory to glory. Remember to keep in with your Christian family as well. If you feel particularly persecuted in your thought life, please use scripture to assert God's promises and purposes over your life. You might be able to get a friend to help you with this. Having someone to confess our sins to or otherwise help us to be accountable to ourselves and God can be strengthening. It may also be helpful to enlist the support of a Christian life coach or a counsellor. Remember, you can also listen to this teaching on Anchor, Spotify and YouTube. And you can download the... um, the transcript at justusandgod.com. Please share this with someone who's special to you and keep an eye out for some upcoming teachings which God willing I'll be able to share. One is on how to develop your discernment and the other is how to listen to God. Now I understand that this is um, a strange way to, to receive the teaching um obviously you're not going to want to listen to it just once and you and take it all in so feel free to you know listen to it as many times as you want and um, again to download that transcript from the website so that you can keep coming back to it Um, i really pray that god blesses you As you put in some effort to learn to take your thoughts captive Um, because as I said before I believe that this is the one one of the best things that you can do for yourself and others thank you so much for listening Um, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss future teachings Um, and to share this with anyone who you think might find it helpful I also welcome feedback from you Um, you can comment depending on the platform that you're listening, um, on. You can either comment in, um, in the comments below the video on YouTube, or you can, um, download the anchor app and there's a message icon that you can hit on Spotify. There's also a link that takes you to that same message, um, facility. So I pray that this has blessed you. Thanks again for listening. God bless.